Welcome to the Alternative Montessori Guide Podcast. I'm Megan Johnson. This is the first episode of my podcast, and today I want to talk about something very personal to me, IEPs. My son has had an IEP since he was three years old. He is autistic. I've been very lucky to teach at a Montessori school for the past nine years that has been accommodating and worked with my schedule and my son's needs. Montessori has been amazing for my son the past eight years, but without the help of the public school system, outside services, and an IEP, we might not be where we are today. I want to talk, walk through what an IEP, an individualized educational program, is and how it can help a child who needs special services. The purpose of an IEP is to help write an educational program that is individual and specific to your child who has a disability. The multidisciplinary team lays out who should be involved in the child's IEP. The IEP helps figure out what your child needs specifically to be successful in school and be able to be in the least restrictive environment, or an LRE. An LRE is a huge goal because it means that while your child has received special education opportunities, they can still be in the classroom with other peers as much as possible. It is likely your child's teacher or another professional from the school will identify difficulty or difficulties that your child is having. They recommend special education or other related services. Once the referral is approved by you, a team conducts an evaluation. Once the evaluation is complete and eligibility for service is finalized, your child's IEP team has 30 days to schedule a meeting. During this initial meeting, your child's IEP will be written. Once services start, it is the school's responsibility to make sure the IEP is being followed. Everyone involved is given a copy of the IEP to make sure everyone is following the IEP and on the same page. This is the action plan that is going to be between you and the school. Now I want to talk about who is going to be at the IEP meeting and what is going to be in your child's IEP. First off, the most important role in your child's IEP meetings and educational process is going to be you, the family or caregivers. You know your child best. You see firsthand challenges, fears, and are their safe space outside of the school setting. You are their best advocate, especially if they are too young or unable to advocate for themselves. Next is going to be the general education teacher. This is also probably one of the first initial really important advocates for your child. They spend a lot of time with your child every day in a classroom. Sometimes a general ed teacher will notice things before a family does simply because they have worked with children a long time or behaviors that only happen at school. They can explain what is going on, strategies that they have already tried, and expectations that the child might need help with in the learning environment. This is where the special education teacher comes in. They are a specialist in their field and an expert on what to offer a child with who needs services. Examples are, if a child has dyslexia, a reading specialist would be there. If a child does not hear properly, they could have an audiologist or a speech therapist or both. There will always be someone there that will be the results interpreter. This may be a completely different person, or this may be a role that the special educator or district representative does. A district representative is someone who is a special education coordinator, administrator, or head of a school. They help facilitate the IEP meeting, help with the follow-ups and other issues during the meeting. There are some other people that could be key during this IEP meeting. First off, the student. Once a child is old enough, between 14 and 16 years old, they need to be involved in the IEP meetings. They should be invited to participate and have their own voice heard. 
Some students may not feel comfortable, though, or are able to verbalize what they need, and that's okay because they have their family there to help them. Another person can be a translator. Schools are authorized and it is necessary to provide a translator for people who need it, uh, who speak a different language, or if someone speaks sign language. And the last person I think that would be really important for a family is a family advocate. This helps the family make sure that they feel heard and their child feels heard. This also helps the IEP team uh, keep the student's best interest at heart, and then no one leaves with unanswered questions or concerns. I quickly want to go back and go over the process of how an IEP, an IEP comes to be. There's the referral for special educations, then there's the valuation of the child's eligibility for services. Then they schedule the IEP meeting, and then develop the initial IEP plan, which is the meeting we just talked about and who's supposed to be there. I do want to take a moment to pause in reminding everybody about the process to explain what should be in an IEP. There should be a statement of the child's current academic levels of achievement and their functional performance. There should be a statement that measures annual goals, academic and functional goals. There should be a description of how the child's progress meeting the annual goals in the IEP will be measured. There should be a statement that clearly outlines the child's special education program and the support the school staff will receive to help the child. There should also be the starting and the ending dates of the services the child will receive. This needs to include the location of the services and any modifications that might need to happen. The child's ability to be in the LRE to ensure inclusion of the child with their classmates is a very vital part of this so that we know how much time they're going to get there. And also there should be an outline of the transitional services the child will receive if they are still using an IEP once they turn 14. This helps outline what happens to the child as they continue post-secondary education. Lastly, there should be standardized testing procedures outlined for the child and what special services or help they can receive during testing. All right, let's get back to finishing up the review of the IEP process. So we just talked about what is going to be in the actual IEP, which we were talking about before who's at the meeting, who has a voice. So after the IEP's initial meeting is done, then they start providing services for special education and other related services for your child. There is monitoring and observing of your child's progress. And then there's reviewing of the IEP and performing reevaluations as needed. The last part of this podcast, I would really like to talk to the family members, the caregivers, the friends, those who are going to support the child during this process. Please speak up and give as much information as possible about your child. You see their most difficult and heartbreaking, heartbreaking moments. You also need to know that you have the right to call a meeting at any time. You can ask for any explanations you need. Bring an advocate if you want to make you feel more comfortable and safe. I do want to quickly give you guys an example of an issue you can have with the IEP team. There was a point in my son's process with having speech therapy at the local elementary school where they felt like he was doing well and wanted to talk about ending speech services. Going to a Montessori school, I wanted to see what his teachers thought. We sat down and I had them help write out the areas that they felt my son needed a little more help with. I went back to the team and shared my feelings that I disagreed with the services ending. They agreed to reevaluate his IEP based on what information I had brought them. Sometimes it doesn't always go so smoothly like my story. And a family, family member or caregiver has to speak up and take action. 
the example of what I just gave was one a part of something called due process. A caregiver has every right to try to resolve any issues or discrepancies in a child's IEP. This can start out as an informal meeting with the IEP team at your child's school, which is what I had. If any issue cannot be resolved or you feel that you need more support, then please go further and file something with your local court system. I appreciate you all listening to this podcast. I do want to encourage everybody to make sure that when this process is starting for you, or you think this process will start for you and your family, to find your child's school system or the county system of what resources are available for special education. Also, every state should have a statewide organization for special education. I want you to know that you're not alone. There are so many children who end up needing an IEP. It is not a bad thing. It is something that will help your child tremendously. It is important and it is there to only help them. I also want to give uh, another resource. There's a website uh, group called Teacher Vision, and they have a pretty like good summary of what we just talked about uh, involving IEP resources. Let's do one quick recap. So we have talked about what an IEP team is, who is on it. We have talked about what is going to be on the IEP paperwork the process of getting to the point of having an IEP meeting. We have also talked about exactly what you and your family are allowed to have resource-wise and what you should expect and honestly demand of the school system. I appreciate everybody who took the time to listen to this. I truly do hope it helped you. This is something that is very near and dear to my heart. I know it can be daunting and I know that it can be scary but you're not alone and there are so many resources out there for you. I hope you and your family, especially your child, gets exactly what they need and that you feel comfort and security in this process. Have a wonderful day.